Alrighty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Uppercut Podcast. I'm here with Mikey and Jeff as always, and tonight we are going to be previewing UFC 289, Amanda Nunes versus Irene Aldana. It is a pay-per-view held in Canada, pretty mid-card. There are some fun fights, but we're only going to be reviewing a couple of the important ones to us. Um, I think we're getting about seven fights that we're going to review, or preview rather, for this upcoming card. Um, I am excited for this card. It's going to be nice to have a pay-per-view. There are some very intriguing fights on here between some big contenders. Um, but I feel bad for Canada because they're getting kind of shafted with a pretty rough card here. Um, At least they're getting Benny versus Oliveira. That's pretty damn good. That's a good and fight. They, yeah. they got a couple decent like brawls on here. Yes, you're right about that. Aldana versus Nunez is a dog shit fight, but it's a lot better than Nunez versus Pena. Actually, I I like that you fight. Think so? I I did not want to see Nunez versus Pena. I could give a fuck less about that fight. To be completely honest with you, shit. Did Jokic I, I just hurt know. himself? I... Jokic just turned his ankle. That's not. I, good. I think this fight is going to have potential to be a good fight to watch, but in terms of name value, yeah, I mean. I definitely agree with you, Max. And the headliner of a main card with Irene Aldana, I don't know. Yeah, doesn't think, really do a lot for me either. Yeah, Especially yeah. for a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Right. If this was like the co-main, would be one thing. but I think it should have been. I think Charles versus Benny is a better, a better main. Well, it is technically main, co-main, but yeah. yeah. Why don't you call it the co-main? Yeah. All right, let's start with the main event. Irene Aldana versus Amanda Nunes. We can. I I want to hear your guys' thoughts first on this one. Um, obviously Nunez a pretty solid favorite coming into this one. She had recently coming off of that extremely impressive performance against Juliana Pena, who she was supposed to be fighting. Uh, Juliana Pena gets injured. Irene Aldana steps in on short, not that short of notice, but shorter notice. Um, she still had a lot of time to get ready for this fight. I'll start with you, Jefferson. Who is your pick for this fight? Yeah, I mean, it's obvious. It's got to be Nunez. I mean, the only time we've really seen Nunez get knocked off her game was that Juliana Pena fight. And she, I just, I feel like since that, her guard's just not going to be let down. She's not going to taste that defeat again, especially the way that she did. She really just, just like played, played down Juliana the whole time and then played down to her level. And Juliana yeah. took advantage of that, but I, I just, I don't see it happening here. Even though, what you call it, Irene is a damn good fucking. She, she's pretty damn solid boxer, and she's way more technical than Juliana. So I think she might be able to bait Nunez into a little bit more, and maybe take more advantage later in the fight. But Nunez is just a whole different animal. I mean, yeah. she. She's the fucking, she's women's goat conversation, no doubt, for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mike? Yeah, I think this is going to be one of them fights where they're, like, because I think it's going to at least make the third or fourth round. I think there's going to be, sh- like, little streaks where Aldana makes it interesting. She might hit her with a couple hammers and maybe not knock her off her feet or anything, but makes it where you sit on the edge of your seat and you're like, holy fuck, Nunez might lose. But I think in terms of a long five-round this favors Nunes to the max. Like Jeff said, she is the women's goat for a reason. Could be one of the greatest all-time, period, for a reason. I don't see any reason she should lose this fight, but one of my maybe not-so-bold takes, but a take, I think this is going to be one of her last 
one, two, or three fights. I don't think she's got many more in the tank after this. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I'm. I, I think it's starting to be. She seems like someone that would like to retire on top, and I think it's going to be one of those things where, um, you know, it's a couple more fights, like you said, and I think I see her winning those fights and then you know going out on top, which I think is the right way to do it for her. Um, I mean, what more does she have to prove? She is the women's goat, in my opinion. Yeah, I also think the kid is going to make like a lot of yeah. people just change in life, period, no matter what profession they're in when they have a kid. And she seems like she's a person who likes to be a mom and would like her time out of the UFC. Like, I wouldn't be surprised she maybe does one more, like, if she gets like a super fight after this, if that's it, win or lose. Yeah. Plus, her, her wife just retired. So, you know, right. Who, is there anyone, uh, if she wins this, which I think we're all going to pick, is there anyone you guys would like to see her fight for like a last fight if it was? Um, Anyone specifically, Jefferson? Uh, can, can we have some names from the division just to refresh? Not even sure if we. Like what? Are, what's her? I mean, what else is there really? Valentina and fucking Pena fight again, and Valentina doesn't even have a belt, so that that's pretty much out the window. And yeah, that, obviously it, the Pena that, fight's not happening, so it's just yeah, it's was, so hard. I was actually kind of asking that question because of that too. Like that was an. Another reason I was going to say she might. This might be one of her last yeah, ones. Like I don't, she, I don't know what. But more... that's how this division's been the whole time she's had the belt. Like she's literally the whole division. They don't even have a ranking still. Do that. No. Uh... I mean, <laughs> you could do the 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 top sixteen rankings. Um, it is Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena, Raquel Pennington, Ketlin Vieira, Holly Holm, Irene Aldana, Macy Shazan. Uh, Penny, Penny, Kian Zad, Myra Buena Silva, Josiane Nunez, Irina, or sorry, Stephanie Egger, Chelsea Chandler, Julia Storyly, Story, Stolarienko, Storylanko, yeah, Jocelyn <laughs> Edwards, and Lucy Pudilova. I mean, there's really not anyone that interesting. I could actually see her maybe retiring after this fight. Yeah, like, I guess unless Valentina wanted to go up for one more fight and fight or just for the money for both of them or yeah. for, like, a legacy fight, damn near, I guess, would be it. I wish but she was, I wish she was that, in a no. spot where she could fight Aaron Blanchfield and then you could have the changing of the guard. Like, that would yeah. it's just it's just not the same division, so. Yeah, Aaron Blanchfield's big, too. Like, it, like she could yeah. probably do that, but will she? I doubt it. I don't know. I, I think she you sacrifice a lot because you're right. She has, like, kind of a, a lot on her frame, so going up in the weight like that would be kind of rough for her i don't know i just wish that would be a lot more clean i hope she retires after this fight to be honest with you yeah me too i i don't think no matter what happens she's not going to go out i don't i don't don't think she does so no i don't think the ufc's going to offer her a bag to fucking she's like we just said she's the only name in there what's going to happen if she retires yeah that division might not even be a fucking Divisioning. It's a, it's the worst. I think no it's joke. the worst division. Well, yeah. the, well, the uh, featherweight's guaranteed to not be a division because that's that one literally has no ranking. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the one above. Yeah, she's fighting bantamweight this fight, which I mean, but Jeff, you're kind of onto something. Everyone in the bantamweight is pretty much over thirty five, and it really has nothing to give to the UFC that much. So it might they might just shut down both divisions. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird because the other division is just going fucking nuts, though. <laughs> like Holly Holmes ranked number three in the bantamweight. Oh god, if She's I have to watch another 41. goddamn Holly Holm fucking fight, I'm gonna end my shit. I know she just got six six more fights. 
It's weird. Um, yeah, all right. I... Let's go to co-main. Um, Benil Dariush and Charles Oliveira are in the people's fight of the night. This is going to be a fucking amazing fight. I'm really excited to watch this one. Benny obviously throws punches that sound like Call of Duty hit markers and can fucking ruin people. Charles, the BJJ, elite BJJ player, but also really elite and underrated striking. Um, he lost to Islam Akhachev, lost his belt to him. He's looking to come back. I'm going to go with Charles here because I think he has more weapons, but I would not be surprised if I think the later, I think it's also one of those things like the later it goes, he can get opened up by Benny for some shots. So I'm worried about it, but I'm going to stick with Charles here just because of the BJJ base plus the striking, whereas Benny has more have has better striking. But I think on the ground, Oliveira is much better. I'm going to stick with him. Um, we'll start with you, Mikey. How do you feel about this fight? Uh, the fan in me really wants Oliveira to win. He's actually one of my favorites. I think his run, in my opinion, is one of the best of all time. That mm-hmm. four-fight gauntlet is unmatched, dude. Ferguson, Chandler, Gaethje, Poirier. Like, the fact that you come out of that winning four of four is fucking insane to me. I would love to see him win this fight. But one thing that really sticks in my head when I see when I saw this is a lot of those fights, as you guys remember, were come from behind victories. Yeah. Like, he was not winning the whole fight at all. And I don't think Darius is a guy you're going to be able to come from behind. Because, like, what what's going to be Oliveira's come from behind tactic is what I'm wondering in my head. Because he can't – I mean, Darius matches him on the ground. Darius hits just as hard. He's probably in a Harder, little better position probably. in his career right now. Yeah, yeah, I just – it's hard for me to see if Oliveira gets behind, which he's done a lot early, how he's going to come from behind. And for those reasons, I'm going to have to pick Darius. Darius hasn't been finished in almost five years. I know he gets stung up here and there, but still, he hasn't been finished. And he got finished by. I, I mean, he lays it on Hernandez, who is is not good anymore, not as good anymore. Um, yeah, right. But that was what twenty seventeen. No, right? It's just, it's just like that's just a shocking fact to me. The fact that Alexander Hernandez, <laughs> yeah, it is. Neil yeah, and then like to me, like one of the equalizers too is once it hits the ground, it's not like. Dariush can wrestle him. Like Dariush can get top position. He's not going to be, yeah. he's not going to be like the last four guys I mentioned who are going to be afraid to get on the mat with him. You know so what? I, don't, you I swayed, think Oliveira's in a tough spot. You swayed me. I'm actually switching my pick to Benil. I, I know that's a that's a square move, but you got you to fucking swayed me, dude. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Jeff, yeah, Jeff. and and I want to, yeah. but good, Jeff. No, I was just going to say the same shit as you, Mike. I'm rocking with Benil. I mean, I just think. He has slightly more weapons on the feet. I feel like he punches a little bit harder. His kicks, he has a little bit more of a threat of kicks. Because, I mean, Oliveira really only has that one fucking up kick, or really, that I've seen him pull out. Or the, his leg kicks are pretty good, but I wouldn't say they're Benil's level. And Benil's wrestling is good enough. Oliveira always gets hit. But Neil is not someone you want to fucking try to play that game with, whether you can take a shot or not. So you know Oliveira's going to hit the ground. It, usually that's where he likes to close you in and try to jump on you. But I just I feel like Benil is just too good on the ground to let himself get get trapped in uh, what you call it, Oliveira's 
I don't even know Oliver's fucking web or whatever. Trap, yeah. Yeah, yeah and no, like Oliver is a firecracker. He's like lightning in a bottle, and everyone loves to watch him. But Dariush is just one of them guys. I don't see how that's gonna work out against him. He dictates yeah. he dictates the pace of the fights really, really well too, which I think is gonna be a big thing. You guys are definitely right about that. Um, <clears throat> let's go on now to our boy Adam Fugit versus Mike Malott. This is sneaky fight of the night in my opinion because these guys are gonna fucking throw um adam fuga i think is one of my favorite interviews we've ever had um and just a great guy someone that we mike or jeff and i really enjoy talking to i hate to do it though i think i gotta pick mike malat here just because fuga has shown i mean he he really fucking like just dismantled um uh yoshima but that was a thing that I saw happening. Mike Malat is a lot smarter of a fighter than Yoshima and a lot more put together. And he also has bricks for hands and can put people out. I and don't Fugit, know if he's that smart, that much smarter. The Yoshima's like is up a lot. Yeah, but Yoshima's like uncharacteristically like takes chances. Yeah. He was a character. I mean, Mike Malat's not like that. Call me crazy. I'm rocking with Fugit. Okay. That you're not crazy. The only thing that that's swaying me is that Fugit has shown sometimes because we he, we talked about it with him. Like he sometimes he needs a, a punch to get going. Mike Malott yeah. is one of those guys that he throws that punch to get you going and you're out. And that's what I'm. Yeah, but of. I feel like Fugit's a little bit more tested, and I I feel like he's going to be a little bit more of the technical striker, and I feel like Mike Malott he. Tends to overthrow with his chin up a lot, and mm-hmm. Hugit's not a guy where you wanna where you wanna play that game. The only thing is he's quick as dog shit. Mike Malat is so fucking fast with yeah. so much power. That's that's the only thing I'm worried about. I I think it's I think the numbers are different, but I think this is a a close pick'em, and I don't think the but, numbers show it like that. But Hugit. I mean, he he loves himself a fucking being a, a big old underdog to some prospects, and yeah, here he is again. And I mean, he can make it a grind fest in in fucking Mike Malott's home country. I I think that's got to be the game plan. Yeah, I I just worry about that knockout power from Malott, and Fugit's shown that he's been able. He's gotten stumbled before, and finished before. Um, was it Sadiq Youssef or? Who, wait, no, that was Don Shanus, I think. I forget. Some one of the his first uh, fight, Michael Morales. Yeah, Morales. Yes, that's who it was. Yeah, tough. Like he got finished there, and that's just such a tough guy to fight. But I mean, it's just something I'm thinking of. That's all. But I fucking love Adam Fugate, and I feel bad picking against him. So, and I agree with you. There is a clear path to victory for him as well. Um, Mikey, who are you picking? Um, I really am piggybacking off the last thing Jeff said is exactly why I'm going to pick Fugit as well. I think this is going to be a barroom brawl. I think it's going to be an ugly, nasty three-rounder. Probably will make it to the third round at least. There's gonna, I just think it's going to be a violent fight, and I got to pick the guy with more experience and a way longer reach. And yeah. and like Jeff said, the lot overthrowing and putting himself in dangerous situations worries me fighting a guy like Fugit who's just a dirty, nasty motherfucker. Okay, I can't be the only fucker that picks Mike Malott, so I'm changing mine again. I'm taking Fugit. <laughs> I can't be. I, I feel turncoat. like I know, dude. I know I am. <laughs> you I, are I, a turncoat. I fuck. I can't. I can't be the only guy that fucking picks against the boy Fugit. Come on now. That, that's that's not allowed. 
All right, next fight, Nate the Train versus Dan Ige. This is going to be another fucking crazy fight. But to me, Nate the Train, as fun as he is, this guy has, if he fights anyone better than fucking um, David Onama or whoever the fuck he Austin fought Austin Lingo. Time. Yeah, Austin Lingo, he's getting finished, and he's getting that guy in Dan Ige. I'm, give me Dan Ige, um, yep. in my opinion. I mean, I love Nate the Train. He's a funny guy. He's got a lot of, you know um great mic talk yeah charisma he's from tennessee he's a funny like he's he can sell tickets he's a great fighter to watch dude he he kind of makes some decisions in there where he can really get himself hurt and danny gay has shown that he is still really on top of his game he's coming off that great win against damon jackson where he really just picked him apart and Damon Jackson is a lot more thought out and intricate than Nate Landewear. I think Danny Gay gets this done. Um, I know Jeff agrees with me. We'll start with you though, Mikey. Oh yeah, hundred percent. This is my night quote fight of the night, and I think it's going to be Nate Landewear getting finished at some point. I really was starting to lose faith in Danny Gay's hands for a long time, but after watching him against our boy Damon, I mean his hands are back. He touched up Damon, like you said, who's far better than Nate Landewear. And one thing that stood out in my head was you remember we were t- talking about fucking how Austin Lingo was touching up Nate Landewear first yeah. round right before you finished him? Dude, I would have to imagine anyone would agree that Danny Gay is like I'm better not trying Austin to disrespect Lingo. anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Five times the boxer. And that's yeah. not even just saying that just because he's a better fighter, but Danny Gay is a boxer. Like he's mm-hmm. I'm He's a touch you up boxer. That's his thing, and he's a ranked guy for re- well, teetering on rank between like fifteen and twenty to ten yeah, around right. that range for a reason. And I, I don't yep. think this is going to be a pretty one for Nate the Train. Yep, Jefferson. Yeah, Mike, we're we're making it a double fucking lock up. I mean, give me Dan Ege. I mean, if you want to make it by knockout, I love I, that I'd fucking say that's pick. a fucking. I'd say that's a lock too, but you never know in the sport of MMA. But give me fucking 50k Ige. No doubt. Get fucking Chuck. Don't don't copyright us for this, but it's a fucking guarantee. <laughs> I um I uh all right, so I wrote Hammy Sosa Lock of the Night, Dan Ige, and then parentheses KO if applicable. So it won't it won't be held against you if it doesn't happen. But um yeah, I love that pit b- both of those picks from you guys um for the night cool fight of the night and the Hammy Sosa's lock of the night. Um the next fight, Mark Andre Berrialt versus Eric Anders. This one's a fucking pick em, but I'm going Mark Andre Berrialt because it's his home crowd and this motherfucker feeds off that energy. So I'm going with him. Jeff, we'll start with you. I, you're shaking your head. Are you agreeing? Yeah. I mean, you literally just read off my fucking page pretty much. I mean, I got to go with the French fucking Canadian in Canada. Yeah. Are you crazy? Mark Andre. I can't do it like fucking. Fucking Mark Andre fucking Flurry or. Yeah. Fucking bury you, whichever Mark, Mark Andre Mark it is. Andre yeah, it's Tober for yeah. fucking Eric Anders. Yeah. Uh, Mike? This was actually going to be my sneaky possible fight of the night. With uh, with Mark Andre throwing about six strikes a minute, which is pretty damn high in terms of the UFC standards, and absorbing five, which is also pretty fucking high, against a guy like Anders who has two rockets on the end of his hands, I think this could be a pretty damn exciting fight to start off the main card. Maybe not the best name value name value fight at all, but a Canadian guy in Canada fighting what should be a stand-up brawl, I think this is going to be pretty good. And yeah, I'm definitely I, rocking I with so. Mark andre as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, yeah, pretty f- very fun fight for sure. 
this one, Nazardine Imova versus Chris Curtis. How is um, this a prelim? Yeah, I don't know how this is a prelim at all. This really pisses this me off. Dude, yeah, they, this they hate my man's Chris Curtis. I know. But I'm taking him after that performance from Nazarene Imovov against Sean Strickland. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Give me Chris Curtis. That's a lock. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm going to go Chris Curtis, but this is going to be one of them situations where I break it down and tell you how Imovov is going to win. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I just feel like it's, there's a very high chance it's going to be just like that Jack Hermanson fight. Yeah. Chris Curtis just seems to struggle with fucking long kickbox kickboxers, really. But I've been trying to Imavov, he doesn't really have have the kicks like like he doesn't really throw many kicks like that. So I feel like Chris might might be decent with that, but the way he keeps his distance, that really does not play into Chris's favor at all. He usually likes a wrestler who's fucking going wanna grab on him and he'll fucking smack him on a entry or something like that. I've been trying to figure out how to get my picks more accurate. I mean, I, I've been doing all right the last couple of weeks, but I feel like when I do a bunch of analysis and watch tape and everything, which I still do, and then like really write it out, I go back and forth and then I'm like, there's very few where I'm like very, you know, definitive or whatever. And then I feel like I always get them wrong or whatever. But now I feel like the way to do it is to do the research, take the pick and then just fucking, you know, play just if you think something, just fucking go with it and don't put that much thought into it. Like if it's lo- if it seems logical, then just fucking take it because I feel like that's been working better for me. And to me, you saw how Imavov was against Sean Strickland. Chris Curtis is a better strong Sean Strickland, right? I mean, I guess I'll take. No, I I think Sean is a little bit better. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I I was really disappointed with that Imavov performance. He was really bad. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm picking against him too, Max. Precisely, I. Honestly, and what you were just saying, if you're hitting around 50% for whatever sport you're following, betting-wise and picks-wise, that's pretty fucking good because all those handicappers are fucking liars, dude. None of them yeah. hit it 70%. Except for MMA They're picker, all... that guy's the man. Shout out MMA picker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, besides MMA picker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking, but yeah, I, I can't get that. Email. I just, the thing for me is not just how bad the performance was. It's when they get so bad, and he did this in the end of the fight, where they're throwing random wheel kicks and shit. Because that's mm-hmm. how you know a fighter is super lost and really has nothing to pull out of his bag. And I can't stop thinking about those random, stupid wheel kicks he was throwing at Sean Strickland. And not to mention Sean Strickland and Chris Curtis are like fucking Vincent Vega and Jules, dude. Yeah, They're yeah. fucking boys. They they're are. tight as fuck. Like, I'm sure Strickland's got Chris Curtis, right? I have to pick the fucking more technical, stronger boxer. I think you'll have a pretty good chance to getting inside, piecing him up. I, if this was before that Strickland fight for Imovov, I would pick Imovov 10 out of 10 times. But being that it's after, I'm picking completely against him. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, final fight, Kyle Nelson versus Blake Builder. This one is what I thought you sh- your lock of the night should be, Hammy Sosa. Fucking Blake Builder, dude. This guy is a fucking Blake Builder? Animal. Blake Builder, Blitter, Blake the Builder, Bil- yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever the fuck that means. But Blake Builder dude <laughs> is a fucking animal. Kyle Nelson, I've been picking him the last fucking three fights, and he's done me dirty. Not the three last three fights, but the last couple fights, and he's done me dirty. He drew with Choi Duho, who's coming back after like twelve years of military service. Um, he lost to Jai Herbert, and then. 
he fought in 2020 and got knocked out, excuse me, by Billy Quarantillo. Um, his last win was September 21st, 2019, where he knocked out uh, Polo Reyes. After that, he lost to Matt uh, Siles via submission, obviously lost to Quarantillo, uh, Jai Herbert, and then Chu Choi Du Ho. He does need this fight badly, so... And he is in Canada, so maybe he gets that revitalization, that X factor that he can't quantify. But dude, Blake Builder is a fucking animal, and I think this is one of those situations where they're fe they're feeding Blake Builder a name that you know a lot of MMA diehards actually know, and um, you know are are feeding him someone that he can kind of bounce off of, giving him a pay per view opponent and Kyle Nelson at home. You know the fans are going to be excited for this one, so I think that's what that is. I mean, what Blake Builder did to Shane Young, who was also a really interesting prospect in that decision win, was really, really impressive. And yeah, I'm all in on Blake Builder. He's one of the prospects that I'm I've been a big fan of since the Contender Series. So I'm picking him. We'll start with you, Mikey. Who are you picking? Yep, Blake Builder, Blake Builder, Blake fucking Builder, dude, 110. percent One thing that I think stood out in the Shane Young fight too was there was. A little bit of body control, a little bit of wrestling, and that's going to be Kyle Nelson's only path to victory is submission yeah. of some sort. I don't see him getting out of a motherfucker like Blake Builder. I, even if it goes decision, I think it's Builder's favor. I got Blake Builder 110%. Jefferson? Yeah, and I mean, even in that last fight, like you were saying, saying Kyle Nelson's only way to victory is submission, and his wrestling... Well, God fucking awful his last fight. Yeah, I mean, lie. when when I said submission, I literally just meant submission. <laughs> like that's it. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I I I don't see a way that Kyle Nelson pulls this one out. Give me Blake Builder. Yeah, exactly. Um, good pick there. All right, so let's recap the picks so far from us. Um, we'll start with Mikey. Mikey's Night Cool Fight of the Night, which is a fight that will not go the distance. It'll be finished, and someone will go to sleep, hence Night Quill. Uh, Danny gave us Nate Landewehr. He picked Amanda Nunez, Benil Dariush, Adam Fugit, Dan and Ige, Marc-Andre Berriol, Chris Curtis, and Blake Builder. Jefferson's Hammy Sosa Lock of the Night is Dan Ige, and then the knockout, if applicable. You also picked Amanda Nunez, Benil Dariush, Adam Fugit, Dan Ige, Mark Burial, Chris Curtis, Blake Builder. Did we pick all the same fighters? Yes, we did. I was about did. to say, I don't even <laughs> think we any of us yeah. picked anything different. Yeah, my prelim pick of the night, Kyle Nelson versus Blake Builder, Amanda Nunez, <laughs> Benil Dariush, wow. Adam Fugit, Dan Ige, Mark-Andre Burial, Chris Curtis, Blake Let me Builder. guess, this you picked Blake Builder? <laughs> in the history. Yeah, I was all over him, obviously. Um, <laughs> this is the first time in the history of Uppercut that we have ever completely pick the exact same um yeah, we, picks we pick and i have a feeling we go zero percent <laughs> i don't know yeah <laughs> this is gonna be our worst week ever yeah so <laughs> do not tell us on this because there's I can no hear way it now we we went two for seven yeah we either <laughs> went zero percent or a hundred percent i can see the group chat now fuck boys fuck, we fuck, did fuck. awful this week <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i can i uh we either go a hundred percent or zero percent but there's no in between in what we're doing yeah yeah all right. I well, think we're going to get cooked. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. We will be back later in the week with a preview episode, or sorry, a review episode of UFC 289, Amanda Nunes versus Irene Aldana. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back very soon. And the, the UFC that killed the boys. <laughs> <laughs>